Step into the Wealth Elevator and join our 12,000 plus member community who have passively invested over $200 million to acquire over $2.1 billion in commercial real estate. Sign up by going to thewealthelevator.com slash club. And here we go. What's up, investors? On this week's investor news update, we're going to be talking about the Fed increasing interest rates, some commentary there, what's been happening with workforce housing, and what asset class Blackstone just dumped. All right, so before we get moving, just a little bit of commentary, something cool I stumbled upon on the internet lately. I saw this little article written on Cameron Diaz. She obviously is a very famous actress and probably has a whole bunch of money, probably much more than the, what I call Endgame at four or five million dollars net worth. My guess would probably be like 50 to 100, who knows, but somewhere around there certainly can live off her income at the 4% rule. She decided to end her career at the age of 45 and hasn't made any film since. Unless you're still watching There's Something About Mary again and again, you probably didn't realize this. And this is extremely rare for a star to pull the ripcord from their own free will, even though they can still have many, very many good years ahead of them. And she says, I quote, I found my peace of mind by giving up Hollywood. I can finally take time for myself. I know it's weird to say that and a lot of people won't understand, but it's such a pressure to work in this level in Hollywood and be a public figure who is constantly representing film in these big productions becoming too stressful at some point. I gave up everything and took stock of my life. Making movies meant being available 12 hours a day for months. No more time for other things. Today I feel fulfilled and serene. So Obviously, we've heard this before, right? I think from as far as sports people like Andrew Luck, the Indianapolis quarterback who quit early. Kyrie Irving always said he didn't want to work till after 30 or 35, I forget what it was. But he's always doing interesting things, that guy. But it, it begs the question, when is enough? At some point, you hit endgame and you're able to cover your burn rate two, three X of that. But in our group, most of our investors won't have a monthly spend rate of more than $20,000. And we've lined people up literally in person and put people on tables and we do our annual retreat and put people in groupings. And now that many people are above that threshold. And if you're looking at needing a quarter million dollars, 20 grand times 12 quarter million, and you divide that by 0.05, you don't really need, I think that is, um, that's, let me do the math for you guys. That's $5 million right there. Of course, it needs to be invested in things that give you 5%, but that's not, that's obtainable, right? Especially when you let time on your side. And that's a big component of this. Most of our investors are in their 40s and 50s. And you know, part of that is just putting time on, on their side and growing their network prudently over the years and a little bit of saving in there also. Most of our clients are able to save fifty dollars to $100,000 a year. But then the question is, when do you swap from growth mentality, income generation mode, 
and say enough is enough and let me just invest the money and just live off of it and just live a quieter existence like Cameron Diaz. But I like these types of stories because normally, at least seeing a lot of our investors, they tell me a lot of times their friends and family that they work with or around. There's just a constant burning of money for a high lifestyle that our investors are a little bit more wanting the freedom to do what they want. And they don't really need to spend too much money to get that. So I guess action item, ponder that, when is enough? But for now, we're in the, the, the here and now, right? And we are in the midst of hopefully the tail end of the Fed increasing interest rates, which they did again at uh, 0.25 on Wednesday. They pushed to a higher range of five and a quarter, five and a half, highest since the March of 20 or 2001. So the process is getting back to inflation of 2%, which I do believe we're around there. However, the CPE, which the Fed has said that that's really what they're managing towards is um, almost double that at this point and still has some room to grow. Uh, for those of you guys who are um, part of the investor club, you guys can sign up at simplepassivecashflow.com slash club can get my weekly commentary on topics like this much more in detail if you guys like to read. I think it's five. I try to keep it under 500 words or less. Uh, the next thing talking about here is from RE Business Online, talking about the rising interest rates taking a toll on Fannie Freddie deal volume. And we're talking about the commercial side here. Borrowers in the multifamily lending market are facing more expensive debt and limited lending options due to rising interest rates. Consequently, there are increasing opting for fixed interest rates to mitigate the risk of higher debt costs from floating rates. That said, some of the, the investors that are going into new deals, some will say and argue, and this is probably the right way to looking things. Of course, every deal is different is right now you're probably at the short term peak of interest rates and to do a floating debt now where there's really much more high side to go would actually be advantageous over a fixed rate debt. If you're in deals right now that had floating rate debt, you're still stuck in it. And especially if a lot of the values came down 10 to 20% across the board. So if you're a new investor, man, this is a time to get in. Now that those values are lower, this is the buying opportunity or time to enter into projects. But not many investors think that way, right? That's the sentiment of the retail investor who invests when there's exuberance and when there's uncertainty and fear in the market, they don't do anything, right? What is the famous saying by Warren Buffett? When there's fear in the streets, that's when you need to be investing. And despite a slow start in loan closings, lending partners expect deal velocity to accelerate throughout the year and both agencies likely to meet their annual lending targets so this is that pent up demand, which has been penting up and paused for the last year. We don't really need to see interest rates come down all the way. If you look at the forward curve, they're saying that January is going to be the peak of the interest rates. And then we'll get back to not 0% or 1% where we are, but 3.5% is the low that we're going to see in three years. So in the next three years, the interest rates will slightly be going down. So my thought is sometime in 2024, you're going to start to see that tipping point of the buyers coming back into the market and that pent up demand coming and we'll get back to normal cap rates at that point. 
still you'll have the interest rates where it's at maybe a little bit lower than what it is now, or maybe the same, but again, you don't need the interest rates to come crashing down for the market to start picking up. Here's another article. Public storage agrees to acquire simply self-storage from Blackstone for $2.2 billion. Blackstone is known in the market as the, the ultimate value add type of firm. They work in all different asset classes. Now, I'm not saying that this is indicative of self-storage, but maybe it was just in particular that this particular portfolio of $2.2 billion, which is certainly large, but not all-encompassing, they value add it to a point and now ready to sell it off to the institutional operator, which is public storage. Um, and a reminder, again, what I'm starting to do is doing a little bit more in-depth analysis and commentary on what's been happening with interest rates. Something that I it's hard for me to put together on the fly in these videos, like how I do and on, on the podcast form, but something that I take my time on and formulate and it helps me become a better writer, right? Which is helping me currently wrapping up the Wealth Elevator book that is should be releasing before the end of the year. And if you guys are, hopefully you don't get surprised by, that's why I mention it from time to time that we are rebranding to the Wealth Elevator. So simple passive cash flow will no longer exist. We'll switch everybody over to the new Wealth Elevator rebrand here in the future. But for now... If you guys want to get up, get that letter, go to simplepassivecashflow.com slash club. Here's an article from Harvard. Low-cost rentals have decreased in every state. The report shows the supply of low-cost rentals decreasing in every single state, leaving lower and middle-income renters with every even fewer housing options that they can afford. And this is why I people always ask, why do you pick residential real estate? Pick residential real estate, but more specifically, this lower middle income kind of ban or the workforce housing because it's a growing growing population with with immigration and just the rich are getting richer and the poor are getting poorer and the shrinking middle class is coming down to the workforce housing sector or the housing sector. One thing I was thinking about the other day is with people having to finally pay their student loans. I think that's happening later on this year. Maybe they're going to move out of their yuppie $1,500, $2,000 a month apartment and have to actually pay off their student loans. And now they'd have less discretionary income to spend on where they're living. And now they're going to move out to more of a value-based apartment. Seems plausible, of course, right? But, but yeah, like I like to invest off these longer-term trends. And another longer-term trend here is I have a chart of the wealth inequality by country guess who is the worst, right? United States, where the top 1% is has 40% of the share of wealth. The top 1% to 10% have 39%. And the bottom 90% of people have 21% of the wealth, which is exactly what I'm talking about. The majority of people are going to need places to live in that are 700 bucks a month to $1,500 a month in rent. And they're not going to be buying houses to live in. How can they afford the interest rates and the down payments? And of course, the on the other side of the spectrum, the most with the wealth equality countries are Greece, Italy, Slovak Republic, Japan, Poland, Finland 
with uh, United States again buried at the bottom of this, along with the Netherlands, Estonia, Portugal, Denmark, Australia, Norway, United Kingdom. If you guys haven't yet, check out the podcast on the podcast forum, the YouTube on the YouTube channel. And check out the first book, which is really short read. You guys shouldn't be able to knock it out in a couple hours or less. The Journey of Simple Passive Cash Flow found on iTunes. And we'll see you guys next time. Bye. The proceeding is not tax, legal, or investment advice, nor an offer to sell securities or investment products. Always make informed decisions with professional guidance. Get educated and surround yourself with a community at thewealthelevator.com slash club.